0: breathing in air the fake ain't phony they just seeing impaired cuz you believe what you see or believe what ain't there the real world is twisted and to me it ain't fair cuz pretty people seem welcome to the voices in my head the intro and outro music is west and coast by the high council We can check them out on soundcloud Welcome back. If you've been enjoying my episodes, please hit that like and subscribe button. I really appreciate it. Back with an update on the New York homeowner who shot a young woman that accidentally drove into his driveway during the middle of the night and, and she died. He killed her. Very horrific incident, and we have more details. And I'm going to say some things. My comments are not meant justifying his actions or supporting him. It just, I'm going to say some things that gives him a stronger case for what he did or did not do rather than the incident in Chicago where the man shot a young black boy through his glass door. That guy, he's he's toast. This guy, he's going to have a better chance. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be found not guilty. When the trial happens, they, they may find him guilty. And I'm probably thinking they will but they're going to have a tougher time. So I'm on a Daily Mail article. This is dated May 26, 2023. The headline is, Upstate New York homeowner who shot Caitlin Gillis, 20, after cars she was in accidentally drove up his driveway, blamed hunters, and told police responding to the scene to, quote, leave him alone so he could go, quote, back to bed. Kevin Monahan, the, quote, hot-tempered New York homeowner accused of killing 20 year old Kaelin Gillis when the car she was in accidentally turned onto his driveway, initially blamed the shooting on hunters. So he was saying someone was back in the fields hunting and he didn't shoot that them. it was someone else shooting. Monahan, 65, was arraigned on charges of second-degree murder as well as two new charges of reckless endangerment and evidence tampering on Wednesday. Now, they didn't get into the details of that, but I'm going to get into what I think that is in a minute. Authorities said Gillis was traveling in her boyfriend's SUV with two other friends to the town of Hebron just before 10 p.m. on April 15th, when the group made a wrong turn into Monahan's property. Monahan came out onto his porch and fired two shots from a 12-gauge shotgun, according to Washington County Sheriff Jeffrey Murphy, who said the homeowner showed no remorse. Now, when it first happened, I thought he had a, a pistol because they just said a gun. Now, if it's a shotgun, there's a couple of things that the prosecution is gonna have a bigger challenge from. It is easier to determine the ballistics of a bullet and, the, and match it to a particular gun. That's easy. The, the forensic people have been doing that for years. year. With a shotgun, I'm not so sure. When you get these pellets, depending on depending on what type of whether it was buckshot or birdshot, whether they can actually trace that pellet back to a shotgun. Once again, I'm not a forensic, but I would be challenging that. Now, if he had they actually had the bullet and they can match it to his gun, yes. But if they can't match it to his gun or is, there's is no way because it is a shotgun, then they're going to have a harder time. Then at at which point. They're going to have to see if they can figure out what type of shell was used, buckshot or birdshot, and figure out the manufacturer and then find out, did he own the same type of shells? Well, because obviously they probably searched his house. Did they find those same type of shotgun shells in his house? And did they find a shotgun? So that that's why this case is going to be a lot different than Chicago and why the prosecution's going to have a tougher time. Not that they're going to lose, it's just they're going to have a harder time than the other guy. The other guy in Chicago, he's going to plead that out. So, Back to the article, according to records filed in Washington County Court when police confronted Monahan afterwards, he said he'd been in bed since 8.30 p.m. and added it that, quote, there are hunters shooting up here all the time. So, which may or may not be true, but he's already establishing an alibi or not an alibi, but a, a, a reasonable doubt that it was not him. Police were trying to get Monahan out of the house to speak to him to which he responded by saying, quote, leave me alone and get out of my yard so I can go back to bed, according to Albany Times Union. Now, the court papers revealed that when police went to his home, the quote, the defendant was advised that officers need to speak to him and he was asked to walk off his porch toward the driveway. The defendant refused and quickly went back into his residence. Monaghan shares the home with his wife. He was told by a Officers that they need to speak with him, but, quote, quickly went back into his residence. Monahan added, quote, I wasn't going to walk down there in the dark. I mean, you guys are cops, but, you know, who knows these days? So he's already saying, once again, putting in doubt what his actions are. Now, remember, the guy in Chicago talked to the police, admitted to shooting the boy. This guy lawyered up. He actually had a lawyer on the phone when cops were outside. So he had already lawyered up which makes the DA's case a lot harder. They already have a confession from the Chicago guy. That's why I said they're going to plead that out. They have a confession already. This one, there is no confession. According to court documents, at least eight officers had body cameras on during Monaghan's encounter. Kurt Massert, the attorney for Monaghan, called the idea that he wasn't cooperative, quote, complete hooey. Quote, he exercised his right to call counsel. Yes, Sixth Amendment. The police knew if he stepped off his porch that they could arrest him without a warrant. He was arrested the next day, April 16th. Yes, if he went back in his home, they didn't have probable cause because of the shooting. But if he was outside his home and uh, out in basically public, they could arrest him. They did not ha- have any probable cause to enter his home because he he was a little bit smarter than the guy in Chicago. Now. Once again, I'm, I want to make it clear, I'm not justifying what this guy did. Courts find him guilty. He needs to go to jail. Back to the article. Monaghan pleaded not guilty to all charges Wednesday, according to CNN. His next scheduled court date is July 28th, with the trial set to begin in earnest on September 7th, a date Mauser said it would be impossible for him to adequately prepare for in time. Monaghan was also denied bail for the third time and the second time in the past month. So he's not getting out. And I don't blame the judge saying we're not letting you out. District Attorney Tony Jordan said the evidence is stronger than it was on the day of the original decision to remand him without bail. So they're finding out more details. I'm assuming based on a search of the home. Sheriff Jeffrey J. Murphy noted in an interview with CNN that Monaghan had already arranged legal representation before he emerged from his house and handed himself over to the cops. The newly unveiled record showed that Monaghan indeed called Mauser while police were trying to get him to come out, telling the lawyer, quote, he had no idea what was happening. Mauser contacted the authorities to figure out what was going on, and upon finding out someone had been killed, received guarantees they would not search his client's home without a warrant. Once again, he lawyered up before even getting near the police. With the guy in Chicago, he readily admitted, "Yeah, I shot the guy. I feared for my life." They took him downtown. They got a statement. He confessed, "Yeah, I did this. This is what I did." He, in his mind, he thought he was justified, but that goes to court. He has he already confessed. This guy has not confessed, and he did the right thing by lawyering up immediately, would not come out of the house. And the lawyer negotiated with the police saying, he'll come out. If you give me a guarantee, you're not going to search the house without a warrant. Basically, we are not giving you permission to enter a home. He is exercising his fourth amendment right to be secure in his home and person and properties. And that he probably also told them, I am his attorney and you are not to talk to him, which means they're going to read him his rights and they can't, they can't even ask him if he wants to waive his rights because he already has an attorney on record. And if they did get anything out of him, it's going to be thrown out. At least that's my opinion. Watching enough legal shows, but... Once again, I'm not an attorney, just my opinion. Back to the article, after getting those reassurance, Mauser advised and arranged for Monahan to surrender. And then it goes into that they think that the, they talked to the boyfriend and like, we thought we were at the right house. We didn't know what was going on. He started shooting. We try to get out of there as quick as possible. So here, here's what I'm thinking is going on. Once again, this man is innocent until proven guilty. And it's the DA's burden of proof to prove beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury or a judge that this man committed the crimes that he is being charged with. And if he is, he needs to go to jail. Now, just my analysis, he did the right thing by lowering up immediately, not coming out of the house because they couldn't come into the house. That's why they kept on saying, come out and talk with this. Come out. Cause as soon as he did, they, they throw him on the ground and arrest him. He called his attorney immediately saying, cops are here and I have no idea what's going on. So he, the cop, the attorney called the cops to find out and say, Hey, my client says you, you got a bunch of guys there. What's going on? Someone was shot and killed. He told the police, I'm his attorney. You're not to talk to him without me present. All you're going to do is get his name, address, book him, do that that personal information they do when they book a client. But there's going to be no interrogation, no questioning without me present. So they can't, they have to now rely on all the forensic evidence. The tampering, I'm like, well, what was tampering in the evidence? So if this gentleman allegedly came out with a 12 gauge shotgun and shot at these young people And killed this young lady You can tell whether a shotgun has been Recently shot Did he clean his shotgun? Did he have his wife clean the shotgun? Did his wife take all the bullets and hide them? Or remove them out of the house? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know Now they're obviously not Blaming the Charging the wife with anything But maybe before he came out He went and hid these in a place That they could not find Maybe he has a, a nice little hidey hole For a place that's very secure, no one is going to find. And just a casual ransacking or or a normal search that the police could do could not find that shotgun. Now they got to prove that he owns a shotgun. And it was his shotgun that actually killed a young lady. That's why I say that the the DA in New York is going to have a tougher time winning the case than the guy in Chicago. Because this guy in Chicago talked to the police before lawyering up. This is why you never talk to the police. You always exercise your your rights to remain silent and then you got to remain silent. Let them build the case around you to convict you. Don't do their job for them. Now, if they have enough evidence and the DA's like this is a slam-dunk case. We don't care if we talk with him. We have enough witnesses, evidence. You know, we have something to show that this man did this crime, and so we don't care whether we ever talk with him. He's the, he's obviously not going to take the stand when he goes to trial, but we got enough evidence that we can clearly prove this man's guilt. And if they can, good for the DA. Once again, I, I just wanted everybody to realize I'm not justifying. I just analyzed that he... Did the proper thing by lowering up immediately and make the DA prove their case. Don't do their work for him. The guy in Chicago did their work for him. He confessed. He said, yep, I shot him. I feared for my safety. Now all the DA has to prove is that he was not in danger. There was no 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 danger. There was no safety to be uh, afraid of. There was no incident. A young black man standing at your door with a glass screen door that is locked between you, a reasonable person will feel they are safe. Just a tragic situation. I feel for the family. I feel for the boyfriend. I feel for the other friends that have to live f- with this for the rest of their life, that they were in a car or they were in the group, because I think there were two motorcycles, and she got shot and they started having survivor's remorse. Why did I survive? Why couldn't she have survived? I mean, they go through a lot of trauma. And we will see where this goes. I'm sure we probably won't see a case this year, although though they're saying it's September. I'm sure it's going to be pushed back. And as we get more evidence or more information about this, I will gladly bring it back to everyone. Thanks for listening.